We going up or just going down It's just a matter of time until we're all found out Take our tears, put them on ice Cause I swear I'd burn the city down to show you the light We're the therapists pumping through your speakers Delivering just what you Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I'm your host Chris Gallagher and I am joined by an illustrious panel um, of uh, talented uh, content providers. Wow. <laughs> Sir Manny looks confused but excited uh, with that term. Uh, I'm joined by Lou McCaffrey to my right hand side. I'm here. How are you? Uh, aye, well, he, other than Celtic, I'm great. Yeah. He's went, he's All went, f- he's went full Stephen Thompson when he was at Cardiff. Do you know he? what? I can't like mm, I late era George Michael. I'm saying <laughs> that, oh, well, that's a good shout. Oh, yeah. pretty abusive. Um, yeah, I shaved my head, and the reaction was similar to when Henry Larson lost the dreadlocks. It was big. It made big news. So you're going to leave my the- workplace has been. Chaotic. You're now going to lead the cynic to the UEFA Cup final. That's what I'm here for. Of course, lovely stuff. Um, right in front of me is uh, the the man of the hour, the man with the power. It's Chris Armani. Hello, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Our, our resident Prince expert. Don't know. Prince doesn't come up often on the 90 Minute Cynic, but Prince's favourite best album. Uh, that's open for debate, Chris. We're here to talk about how crap Celtic are. <laughs> we are. Uh, Christian Wolf. I had a haircut today. He had a haircut today. Look at him, he's smiling like it's a small it's baby. Feathered. Uh, it's, it's uh, looking quite it's feathered. It's also looking quite wet. What product well, is it? It's raining outside. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, it is raining, to be fair. Uh, right, no messing about. We're going to talk about how awful Celtic are um, currently in terms of the last game. I just want to have a shout-out to Hoidy on Twitter, who's sold a lot of stuff, raised a lot of money for charity with the French Eddie badges and his pin badges, and uh, give him a follow and... Yeah, great, great work. <laughs> Raised a lot of money for a really good cause. Uh, I'm actually going to start with uh, before I bring Louis in because I said to Louis that I want to bring him in first. I want him to bring bring the pain. Uh, we were represented at the press conference today by Marcus McLeod. Marcus was doing a, a Boy, great did job. We represent. We represent. I'm doing a hand gesture thing, um, and there's been a lot of interesting stuff, obviously about the Chris Boyd scenario and. You know, uh, Scots and etc. And we'll get to them in due course. I just want to highlight this point. Um, so there was a question, and it was about Celtic fans being alarmed that they might lose your, you as a manager. Roger's response was, "I'm absolutely privileged to be here. I want to continue to be here as a football club. It is very unified. I love my work here. Love the challenges. And period, when it doesn't go well, you show what you like as a team and how you respond as a manager and as a player." I'm looking forward to the next stage of the season. It's an opportunity to show our football and fighting qualities. There is no magic dust. You have to work hard. You have to prepare prepare yourself well. That gives you confidence. That gives you greater chance to succeed. Doesn't it give you greater chance to succeed when you're playing with uh, Ryan Christie in the number 10 role, Louis, does it? I know. I know. That says all, doesn't it? Talk guy's me through, a, guy's talk, a clown. Talk me through... Uh, Jesus. <laughs> there we go. Uh, talk me through, come on, look, how, tell, how you're feeling about it. Um, well, first off, I wasn't surprised. <coughs> um, I kind of thought, going into the game, I thought there was probably a good chance that we would get that type of performance, because it's what we've been used to recently. Um, 
I wasn't at all surprised when they equalised um, and yeah, to, to concede a goal the way we did in the last couple of minutes I think was just in a way, in a way possibly a good thing because it's taken us to such a shocking point now where something has to be done surely um, but just an abject performance where obviously he picked a, a much changed team trying to force a spark um, where there's not been one made a bunch of changes brought in players that um, have looked energetic in Mickey Johnson and um, Ryan Christie started Sinclair who's looked okay at we get points. questions that we get plenty of questions um, about Sinclair don't you worry about that yeah <laughs> um, that'll come all, all, all I mean is I can understand why he started them but yeah and then um, Malumbu I was I was looking forward to seeing Malumbu um, Chris I'm going to jump in Chris as uh, the boss says you can't start a fire without a spark that's what he said Um how did you feel about the Kelly game? Um, similar to Louis, I wasn't surprised. Um, when they equalised, they hadn't really created much, but you could tell by the tempo and the way we were plodding about that it wouldn't take much. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things people have been saying about, you know, a lack of uh, the ability to go back to front as quickly as we should be. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of passes along. I think in the last kind of four minutes, there was a section where Callum McGregor dropped deep, um, passes the ball to Boyata. They do a sort of triangle, passes it to Jack Hendry. Jack Hendry goes back to Boyata. It gets to the right back position, and then it just happens all over again. I was pulling my hair out at that, and I don't have much hair, so that's really, it's not great. But this is, what are you, you're hearing from some people is, oh, he's had a bad start to this season. Performances like this were a mainstay of last season. The lack of urgency going forward, possession for possession's sake, that that, that was something I was accused striking of. His team kept the ball and there didn't seem any point to the possession. That seems the way with Rodgers now. In his first season that was almost trying to, you know, attack forward, quick passes, trying to break down the defence. When you had Sinclair, um, Rodgick and Dembele and Pat, in the first season, <laughs> the the creativity, you know, you would Dembele would hold the ball up and bring them in. Sinclair was really confident. Rogic was, you know, on his best form, and you had Pat, you know, coming in and stuff like that. that you you also had Armstrong as well. I mean, let's breaking from the midfield. Yeah. Now, okay, we've not got Dembele anymore, but he only left a few weeks ago. Right, that didn't happen. No, I know he's had injury problems, but that rarely happened in the second season as well. See if if Rogers had had two seasons, the second season was similar to the first. You'd be saying, right, this is really bad, but come on, you know, obviously we've done. But this is a continuation of the form that we had last season. Now we had some great games last season. One of them up at Petodre, several against Rangers. The game we've had, the one game, the shining light we've had this season is probably the Rangers game. But performances like this, plodding, no invention, possession with no in- intent involved in it, it's something we've seen for a long time. And that's got to feed in to what people are thinking just now. You can't just say double treble. We've seen the performances regress. Yeah, I think that's the kind of, you know, we've all been on kind of looking at social media and we've all been seeing kind of what people are saying. Uh, none of us, except probably Louis, are saying that um, <laughs> Rogers should go. You don't actually think that, Louis. Uh, no, but I think he deserves criticism. I, I think he deserves more criticism than anybody has 
ever going to give him. I think if this was anybody other than Brendan Rodgers, anybody ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think like Ronnie, if you know, if this was oh, here Ronnie we go, Dyer, fucking or it was, Christian's eyes have or it, up, or it was under Neil Lennon. Even I think th- there'd be a, you know we would probably would be calling for his head, but. Um, and I think, like, Samani's right, and that's how I feel, and I'm sure that's how we all feel. It's been this way for quite a while, and we spoke about it when we spoke about last season. Last season was, in large parts, boring. And this 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 team just now, I think the Kilmarnock game just smacked of poor, average players with no confidence playing boring football. Christian, your rebuttal? <laughs> no, I don't really have a rebuttal. It's just... I will gently agree with pretty much everything. Um, I think we've, since we've, you know, you and me, Chris, have talked a lot about different games because we create so much content, um, obviously. But I, I kind of feel like repeating myself after each Celtic game because, especially the game with Kilmarnock, which I didn't saw live. So I saw it yesterday. And I think when you see it, when you see it live, it's kind of more about the result and you have that, but when you see him, when you know the results, you, you sit down and you go, okay, I'm, I'm going to analyze it. I'm going to see what's gone wrong. And I just, it's, and every time I've done that this season, I kind of go, I can't see when the players are on the ball, I don't see horrendous performances. I don't, it's hard to pick up really good performances, but I think it's more about what they don't do than what they do on the ball. There's a little mistakes like Henry and, and like Malumbu had, and a few players had that yesterday, but it's hard. It's and it's it's not a very incisive analysis, but it's, it's kind of just come down to it's it's a bit flat and it's a bit sparkling and it, it lacks a bit of aggress you know being aggressive. But I don't think there's any terrible performances out there. It's just like as a team, something is clearly not right. There it's, are there are individual performances that aren't good enough. That's that's well, not yes, but also Jack Henry. Jack Henry. Oh, I, well, I'll, I'll I'll fight you on Jack Henry yesterday. I don't think he does much wrong yesterday on Sunday. I but well, for lose a man for the winner. Oh well, that's, yeah. oh, but that's you know defending one one. As a set piece, you know, stuff can happen on the set piece. I think in, in terms of his position and everything, I remember one fault he had in terms of that. You, you can't put this on Jack Henry. I think it's, it's, no, it's, no, we're not, we're not, it, put, we're, we're it, not putting it, on Jack it, Henry. But you said a minute ago that the, the actual individual performance were well, bad. Think, well, I think what people what, what people do on the ball. In terms of what to do, it's kind of like it's okay, but it's not as you said. There's not the creativity, it's, it's not the aggressiveness. It's, it's, I think it's a lot to do with the shape, and, and you know, Celtic just seems to have had less space this season and the end of last season than they had before. And I don't know if that's just a personal thing. Yeah. In terms of, as you said, Armstrong, Sinclair on fire, Roberts, uh, Roberts, Dembele, who's, who's very good at that kind of stuff, or if it's just something not clicking and it's, it, it will but it just takes time it's, I'm kind of just struggling to put my finger exactly what's wrong the, I was just going to say I think there's I think that the, the team or the squad is just very stale and and you know there's a there's a malaise about them I mean, nothing seems fresh yeah. exciting anymore none of the players really seem as if they're playing with a lot of joy a lot of freedom they all look as if they're trying to do a job and they're collectively failing they're in a slump I think um, I, I feel absolutely like but the slump I mean it's not just a slump I mean it's been this way for a while they get themselves up for some big games but I think off the field stuff hasn't helped either and in general not just in the team but in the club as a whole the stuff's starting to affect everything but it, it is that balance though after <laughs> over two seasons 
as kind of Rogers said in the press conference today, they can't be invincible all the time. At some point, there has to come a dip. I think the worrying thing is, as Samani alluded to, the dip has kind of been longer than it seems on the surface, even though you got a, a double treble. The performances themselves has declined. So it's it's but again, I don't think a solution is okay. We have to change everything and rip everything off. I do agree with Rogers that the best thing to do now is keep trying to do what's been successful over the last two years. Justin Moore, personnel wise, I think I think there always there are some issues, but. But the players they have, the Celtic team is still capable of playing a lot, lot better. Yeah, I mean, there's no question we've got the best uh, squad in Scotland. We get the best. Our first team is better than anyone else, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a question for Chris Armani from Paul McQueen, and um, yeah, I'm probably going to be quite agreeable to this. I think a lot of our backwards and sideways passing comes as a result of Lustig being unable to cover the ground needed to be a Celtic fullback. He doesn't overlap, hit the byline, take a man on. He only seems to play it safe now. More of an observation than a question. It's a good observation, Paul. I'm going to say this. Mm -hmm. The Rosenberg game was maybe... For me, I'm a massive Michael Lustig fan, but he can't play right back anymore. Um, I mean, it's. I think it's obvious I think I can't remember Christian you might remember who who what was the penalty incident who uh, the Lustig against Rosenberg oh yeah do you remember the name of the player it doesn't, uh, doesn't really matter um, but the guy um, so essentially we all saw that he gave Lustig about five yards ahead of him and mm-hmm. Lustig still was too slow so I mean what am, what am I to do well you need to come to a point where you accept that the player you have in your head, Christopher, no longer exists. And one of the other things is that's unfortunate for Lustig is he's so uh, so stark the difference between left and right back. Yeah. When you see, I mean, this is another one of form. our problems. I mean, Tierney's Tierney's our main attacking threat at the moment. Yeah. As well as being, you know, having defensive responsibilities. Now, I, I agree. I think Lustig Lustig looks like a guy. It's quite ironic that he's not getting injured now, but he looks like a guy who's been battered left and right. You know, he's had, you know he's had injury problems for a long, long time. Yeah. And the last time you seen him going up and down the wing, um, like a flying fullback should, he used to pull up. I can't remember. It must be about a season or so since he's been injured. Yeah. It looks like a guy who either can't do it or is afraid to do it because he'll injure himself again. And so it's really stark. It's really clear that he can't do what he once did. What we've also seen from him this season is defensively, he's let cross balls get into the box every single time, which has cost us. Yeah. So you, you not only have I got a guy who can't get up as much, but he's not he's not holding back and defending the way that he wants he wants um, he wants good. So his time's up. Right, we're in a position whereby the transfer window's closed. People are crying out for Gamboa. Rogers doesn't like him for whatever reason. I don't particularly think the guy can defend, no. but he certainly offers. More, more of forward. an attacking threat than Lustig. Um, Which would pin them back a little bit more, whoever we're playing. Well, it depends. I mean, if you give him... If you've got Forrest there, right, we know that he can assume some defensive responsibility. You know, they, they, they can either... One goes forward, one drops back. You know, it would seem to me it would be a better option at this moment than Lustig because... You saw what happened in the, in the Rosenberg game where he was arguing with the crowd because he can't do what he once did and, and everybody can see it. Uh, Louis, 
just sticking on the the kind of Kilmarnock game, from what I kind of observed was that we genuinely, you know, we scored the goal we scored was. <coughs> you sure you don't want some more? It's not going to stop me coughing. I'm um, doing it all the time. You know, some the Benelin. What? Do you want some Benelin? Uh, aye, do you carry that? <laughs> do you stop that? <laughs> Carrying Ben on, weirdly. Um, but no, like, from, from the game uh, against Kilmarnock, we scored a really bizarre goal. Other than the Christie opportunity, where the keeper makes a really good save, Christie drops his shoulder, really nice bit of skill. Didn't it look like we had much going forward? <laughs> no, um, no. there's a severe, severe lack of creativity. And as Samani said... Tierney's been our main attacking threat from a left back position, and it's been that we all certainly all this season anyway. Um, despite the fact, obviously, we're we're not too far into it still, but um, it is all Tierney. And if Tierney, if you took Tierney out of that team, it, it'd be scary to think <laughs> what might happen because we would honestly struggle to create anything. I think. Um, but looking at the lineup, I mean, there was there's only five players, five first. Kind of first team picks, I can count in that starting eleven. Who you who you count um, as? So Gordon, Boyata, Lustig, Tierney, and Brown. The rest of them aren't first choice. Jack Hendry, well, J- when Jack, Jack Hendry yeah. wouldn't be, Malumbu wouldn't be, Johnston, Christie, Sinclair, Griffiths. None of them would be first choice. So you've only got five, and we, we're all in agreement that one of them, Lustig, certainly isn't isn't good enough, isn't fulfilling what he should in that position. So you get four first teamers, really. Um Brown's strong first teamers in there. Um you also had Bayata making mistakes um in this game. The the argument would be, well, do you just persevere with your strongest eleven like we had been? Well we were rubbish then as well. But <laughs> You know, it, it's it's a bit of a catch twenty two, and I don't know. Obviously, changing it didn't work, and I would I would imagine he'll just revert back to to type and go go with that with it with it tried and tested. But I think it's more of a worry the fact that those players seem clueless. I think there seems to be. I don't know if it, if it's a confusion or a lack of of preparation. You know, why are the why are the players so up for? games such as the Rangers games but not for for the other games are they not prepared the same is there not as a, a much attention to detail when it's coming up to those games now as maybe there was in the first season because we used to hear about how every training session was different the players were loving it now obviously there's going to be a big um, kind of change when a manager first comes in there's going to be a lot more influence on the players at that point but it kind of feels like they're not really bothered by Rogers. The goal, he's goal, not got the same pull. The the goal again, Christian. The goal against uh, Rosenberg was a very direct goal. Um, cross hill ball from Scott Brown, knocked down by Bayata, header by you know. I'd have, Chris, I compared it to Vinegar Hesslink's goal, mm-hmm. um, which I think was quite a succinct. Uh, Point of view. Um, so I just gave myself a massive compliment on that, even though <laughs> even though it was someone on Twitter I saw it from. What we would do for Gary Caldwell? Oh, like he'd. As uh, you know, it was mentioned I think today at the press conference about his lack of Plan B, um, which is something Ronnie Dyla got completely ripped apart about, and rightly so. I mean, to be fair, you need to be able to play more than one way, um, but we don't seem to be able to play more than one way. If you're saying that Derek Briata should go on top 
I fully support it. Okay, yeah, get my top. Yeah, as a Paul Warhurst. Um, You're obsessed with Paul Warhurst Warhurst this week. That's great. Um, Well, I I think it's kind of like Brendan Rodgers heard your 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 argument there because in in the press conference he he talked a lot about Plan B and he was saying like, oh, people always see the thing when you're losing is because you don't have a Plan B, and he's saying that oh, Plan B is just if you play a short, you should play a long. If you play alone, you should play. You should change it. You should play a short. If you have a high press, you should sit deep. If you have, if you sit deep now, you should do a high press. So he's kind of rubbish that and saying, "Look, we what we've been doing so far has been working. So we just have to get back to doing that properly." But it's if, not if, really if, been working. If, though. if Plan A isn't working, make Plan B. Plan B is do Plan A better. But it's but so, it's not really been working. But I mean, I think <laughs> so. Rogers I, I is think, a dick. I, I so Rogers is dialer. But yeah. everything you worked on for so. You obviously want to play a certain way. And I agree with him that you just don't throw that out the window. You try to do a bit of variation and you try to tweak things and, and, and do different things. But yeah, no, you, you shouldn't go long. But we did. And we scored the goal. And the fact is, without that goal, <laughs> we wouldn't have three points. Chris Boyd's right. Get Big man up the top. You know I'm not, you know I'm not saying that. You, you know you I'm not are. saying about... No, I'm not. No, what you, I'm saying is, we, on Saturday, on Sunday, when we were... Celtic Losing quite a bit long. When we, oh, yeah. Well, they, they did. And Craig Gordon, well, there's another discussion, but he goes long a lot more now than he used to do. Yeah, but um, my fact is, we play, we play out, we play the way to hearts. Instead of having urgency and trying to go back to front, and that doesn't necessarily just mean yeah. long ball, we went side to side. And yeah. everybody I think was raging. More, I, I, as you say, more vertical passing and, and trying to get it up quicker. But that doesn't say lump it up to the big man. I think the, the team wants to try and find space in between yeah, the, the defensive midfield and they want to maybe stretch their defence more because there's kind of nobody breaking through like the defence or trying to stretch those so but you don't I mean you don't throw everything you worked on out the window I'm not saying that you know I'm not saying that well you kind of are no I'm not I'm just saying <laughs> a bit of pragmatism what something that Rogers was lauded for especially in his first season was his ability to change things when things weren't going mm-hmm. right at the start right. the Motherwell game yeah, yeah a few, there was a few examples of it, but our reverting to our basically standard performance is this pedestrian passing possession football. But that's not the intent. The intent is not to be pedestrian with your passing and just pass it around. That's always not the intent. They're not doing what they're supposed if it's to hap- do if properly. It's, if it's happening four games in a row, it's, it's not games. though. It's not though. You can't say, "Oh, look, guys, we're just going to pass it around and not create might, anything." Might, that's might, not the game plan. Obviously, they have a game plan, but so, it's not. They're not so we're f- performing it but properly. Then, but then we need. To, the, then we need to go to the other side of things, right? If you're going to say that's not the intent, that's not what Rogers is yeah. wanting them to do. Well, what's wrong with the squad? Because there's two. If you look at Twitter, which I try not to, but when you talk to Celtic fans, there's there's almost two camps just now. Oh, there's a split in the dressing room. Uh, the players aren't bothered, and then there's there's, there's a, a group of people saying that uh, Rogers is at fault now. Rogers, that isn't Rogers' intent. That's not what he's setting them up to do. But that's what they're doing. Why is that? When you see it's not working, you have to. Well, Ro- Rogers has got the responsibility to change that, yeah. but the players are seeming capable of implementing it, well, or or they have no desire to. And that's what he said today. It's like it's my responsibility to, to change this. But what he's saying is, it's not going to change it 180 degrees. Big man up top. <laughs> we all know the way to solve this. <laughs> But but, that, but so, so what's the alternative then? Do you, do you just go? Do you just kick it up long? No. You have to pull a two up to you're, four for two. You're <laughs> but, but, but no. But like, this you, is what I'm saying though. It's, it's about sticking to what you know, but doing it better. 
Okay, right, fair enough. Keep doing but it. what happens if you keep no, like, right? I get, I get your point, right? And your point's about a valid one, right? Thanks. However, at the same time, if you've got a squad of players, right, and you try to play a specific type of football, um, and they get it, right? First season he comes in, they get it. But we mentioned your Dembele's, we mentioned Stuart Armstrong, we mentioned Patrick Roberts. The squad is now yeah. Mikey Johnson, Christie. You know, these are the guys who let's be honest, they, they played. So they played. If you can see that that's not working. You have to change something. I'm not a football manager. I don't know how it works. I'm not. I, I'm not tactically. You know. I, I'm not saying anything. There's no comparison between me and Ben Rogers. However, as a fan sitting back looking at it, seeing the same thing keeps happening, something has to change. I don't think uh, anybody are happy with the performances. I don't think that's the discussion. The discussion is what do you do to change it. How much do you change your playing style? How much do you change your philosophy? And you either still, change the players people, or change people the say, style. Oh, well, it needs to be pragmatic. But it's not like, okay, lads, today we're going to be pragmatic and we're going to go out and win. You're being so obtuse. No, you're going I'm from not. one extreme to the other. There, no. there, there's no middle ground with what you're saying. You, are you saying I should be pragmatic? You need plan B, friend. The one thing that Roger's done... Is probably one of his best qualities in that first season and overall since he's came is he's squeezed every bit of yeah. ability out of the squad and out of individuals. Okay, he might not have all his own players, they might largely be Dyla's squad, but he got the best out of them. Now he can't get the best out of them. He's not getting the best out of pretty much anybody. Tom Rogic. Um, <clears throat> yeah, case in point. Tom Rogic... His his performances so far this season have been. Somebody's touching his watch. Just wondering when he's getting back for the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> to, to think that I mean I've seen a, a few ludicrous statements on the old uh, WhatsApp and the, the the Twitter. I mean to try and say that Tom Roderick is somehow not the greatest. Cheat like come no, on. Don't get anyone saying on. that. But the fact is um, he's not on form and. That is the same case for pretty much everybody, r- other than Tierney. But they can't all be off form. Well, I guess they could. But but the, the fact that they're all off form, yes. I th- then that has to surely lie with a manager because it's up to him to get the best out of the players. I, I agree with Christian in what he's saying in terms of w- he has a way of playing, he has a philosophy that's clearly worked. I don't think you do change the overall philosophy or the overall blueprint of how you want to play. But you at least have to be doing things to make sure that you play better in that. Okay, can I make and, one? And, and we're not. And it's if we could maybe if we could see behind the scenes, I think it'd be interesting because Brendan Rodgers and, and those tweets that Marcus put up from the press conference, almost every single one of them either said <coughs> um, it was Rodgers preaching about unity, hmm. how the club was was unified, or that we have to stick together. And it's all this about unity, unity, unity. Why are you saying that? You know, if you're so confident that everything is unified, sure you don't need to repeat that a hundred times during a press well, conference. Well, was asked about it, but yeah, I, I think I mean Rogers know how to talk. He's a good talker. He is a good talker, and I think I think his performance, if you want to call it today, was was press conference was good. But he also said that, and and this is, I think my point is, this is the toughest challenge you'll have as a team you're judged on what you do when things are not going well so I think Rodgers will be in this period going forward now 
this is a really crucial time for him and he needs to well essentially step up this is where he gets paid the big yeah, bucks exactly and, and the things he's saying like he's he's saying he wants to stick with the strategy he's going to do this we're going to work through it it's my responsibility to do it so he's kind of laying it down on the line now because if he can't turn this around to you know at least improvement performances and, and Celtic winning the trophies they should be doing this year obviously he'll be judged on that massively but I think you say he's he's more than entitled to have the time and opportunity oh, to yeah. do that. But but that, but that was the most important thing I think from today was the fact that he took responsibility for it and he said, I'll, you know, it's my responsibility and I'll turn this around." Because I think he we've spoke about it before, but the club made huge errors in their planning and and everything for this season in terms of I think being nonchalant thinking that they were going to just qualify for the Champions League. Regardless, um, the way they ha- they didn't strengthen the squad and and all the mess that came off the field for that definitely pissed Rogers off. Rogers himself, I don't think, handled himself very well over the summer either. And that is all all that negativity and all the kind of mismanagement on various levels is all seeped through to the point where even the players aren't playing well. And but and it it's not easy fix though. I don't think it's so easy fixed. I don't think we're going to suddenly see them play tomorrow night and things are going to be totally different. And that's the worry. And even Rogers hinted to it um, last week, I think, before the game. He said how, you know, he made some comment about this could potentially be like this whole season. After the game against Kilmarnock, he said he said that that, the fans should be worried. Yeah, should they be alarmed? Yeah, yeah, we should. They should be. The fans should be alarmed. What are you going to say, my man? His language, his language isn't helping. Now there seems to be a trainer, a school of thought that he's uh, he's in a huff, right? See if that is actually the case, then that's a disgrace, right? I'd, you can say what you want about the Bolden Law, when we have some of us on this podcast have said that, right? See, once the window's shut and you you, you play with the hands you've got, you get okay? on with it. You get on with it, and you certainly don't air your dirty laundry in public. Now, Are you being disappointed with that? I don't think it's helped. I I, I can see why he might be. If I'm looking at it positively, I mean, Christian said he's a good talker. He might be trying to get a response from someone somewhere. I mean, I don't think Rogers says things without thinking them through. Yeah, yeah. But whether or not it turns out the way that he thinks it's going to be is, is another matter. My concern with him is he's not happy with the situation at the club, even if, if that's to do with the, the recruitment policy. The worry I've got about Rodgers, I mean, you can talk about there's only there's very few people out there saying he should be sacked. I'm certainly not saying that. My main concern about Rodgers is I don't know if he can turn this around. I really don't. There's no, there's nothing. Now, he gets sacked from Liverpool, Christian would say probably too early, and the Premier League is, is quite an intense level, you know, with the money in a club like Liverpool. He didn't get, a, you could say he didn't get a chance to turn that around. But at the same time, it could be seven one at Stoke. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no um, history of him being able to turn around a slump. He has this massive galvanising effect on clubs when he comes in. When he comes in, and some managers do that. Mourinho has a history of doing that, and then he leaves clubs in worse states when he moves on. Klopp, Dortmund. Well, yeah, you could argue Martin Aniem was the same. Yeah, some no. managers just do that. They can come in. They have this, you know, real. You know, positive magnetic effect on the football club, but then the great managers are able to adapt and change. Ferguson did it several times. Um, I can't even think. Guardiola's else. done it. Guardiola's done. But 
It might be that he can't. That's you my concern. Hinkus? Hinkus, yes. Uh, it might be that he can't do it. Now... That's not that's, to say he won't do I'm, it. I, yeah, I'm not saying he won't, but I'm worried. Do you have doubts about this season, title-wise? Not title-wise, no, but I think it's more than title-wise now because I think you need to be continually progressing. He's had a clean sweep domestically. He lucked out in terms of getting UEFA Cup qualification, um, the third place in the Champions League group last season, sorry. This season, we had the disappointment of um, of not making the Champions League, but we've always said, you know, the Europa League's where you can go and show this is closer to our level. Didn't do that against Rosenberg, and I've got doubts that we can. He'll be judged on his European performances, like most Celtic managers should be. Do I th- again? I d- I'm not saying he won't, but I've got doubts that we're going to progress. Question? No, I think that's the parallels are there with with Liverpool in terms of Rodgers <laughs> came in and slowly but steady created something and had one amazing season in 13-14. Um, and somebody slipped and they didn't win the title and not that I'm hold any regrets about that but I, I think it's, it's it's a fair Steven point Steven Gerrard Lee he's a Gerard, Gerard. <laughs> tell me about that but I, I, as as Armani says there, you do have these very intense managers that come in Mourinho's one um, Malinu definitely Klopp, was one yeah even Guardiola to a sense it comes in he gives everything two three seasons and then it's 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 hard to keep up that level of intensity um, through a whole season which might have you know we've seen with Celtic from the first season which was intense and then there's the second one kind of dips and kind of dips gradually the whole season and he's kind of in that quite similar place to where he was at Liverpool after he had quite a bad season after the, the title challenge season so and as he says you know this is where he needs to prove his worth um, because he it at Liverpool you can say he didn't get enough time, but there was decisions there that you know it, it didn't. I, I think I, I at the time I thought he went too early, but it, he only went because Klopp was available. And if you, if you can upgrade your manager, it's not going well. Um, that can happen. You know, you maybe should do the move, but I don't think Celtic is in any position to to upgrade on their manager at the moment. And I think this is a good challenge for Rogers. And I think he, hopefully, as you say, he can talk. He, he, he doesn't say anything to the press without thinking it through. But obviously he came out today and, and said something that, I'll take responsibility. This is the time we need to stand up. We've been judged on this. It's my responsibility. He's essentially saying, look, judge me on what I do now. And I think nobody came out of this summer with, you know, in any good light, him including. I think he definitely uh, misjudged quite a few things. Um, and the whole club has kind of been in the quagmire. But I think he came out today and said, look, I'm going to fix this. This is on me. This is on us. We're going to work through it. I'm going to stick to my plan and judge me at the end of the season. So Chris, can I ask you a question? And we'll I see. want to come to Louis as well. So we're in, uh, we're just turning into October. Mm-hmm. If a Premier League job becomes available and they approach Rogers in November, do you think he would go? Depends who. Leicester, um. Leicester City. Do you think he would go? Do you think he'd consider it the way... Do you think he'd consider it now the way he might not have if things were a little bit rosier? I'm not sure. And the reason why is I think Rodgers has got an ego, um, which all good managers, all good football players will. And the idea that he would leave Celtic... With to go to the English champions of only two years ago? Yeah, but it's it's not about that. I know, it's, I know, it's I know. that he's... 
it would be unfinished. I mean, people, people, even if it was just a, a sideways comment, said you left a bit of a sinking ship there, Brendan. If you know, or, or the things weren't going as well. Mm. I don't think he would do that. I think Rogers will leave in his own terms. I would assume. My gut feeling is that would be the end of this season. Yeah. Unless things change, things can change within the club in terms of whatever he might become happier. I would assume that Rogers wouldn't leave during the season. That would be my thoughts. Thoughts? Do you agree? Disagree? I agree. I, th- I think. Um, I think if he was to leave now, um, yeah, there'd be too much negativity around it. And the, the thing is, Rogers. It's not as if he's just a manager. He's had free reign to hire whoever he wants behind the scenes. He's got the head of recruitment and he's been the one to have a much greater influence than any manager has probably ever had on Celtic and what goes on behind the scenes uh, as far as we're led to believe. So I think for him, he can't leave it like this. He has to get his, at least obviously win the league and and have us on in a better place by the end of the season. My worry would be I think it will go to the end of the season as well, by the way, but I think um I think the worry is that he know, he knows that the squad isn't close to where he wants it to be and it's not going to get it's not going to get there in January. So this is his squad now for his last season, I would I would think. And I, and I think that's Partly playing into it for him, Christian. You've printed out some of the numbers. Yeah, it's, and, but but Justin Rogers as well. There, I, I I just can't see where he he would go to the Premier League and, and what he would accept. I can't see any of the top six offering my job. Maybe even with a really good performance in Europa League, only slight chance. <laughs> I think if if it's, if if Pochettino go from Tottenham. <laughs> Daniel Levy is kind of you know he's kind of out there with his appointment yeah something at Rodgers other than that maybe a project like Southampton but I kind of I don't think there's a then out for him I think think if Arsenal came in the summer he'd go hey I'm off Um, it was was just last summer but I I just can't see him where he's going to go I think it's more likely he would go somewhere abroad rather than straight to the Premier League yeah, I, don't was, think he, I don't think he would go to Leicester yeah it was just an offhand kind of thought because you know it has kind of been mentioned that he does as in seems to be saying you know his, his language and his body language as well so but as I said the press conference today was very unifying um, but talk us through some of these figures um, Christian spread off some of the figures over the last few years uh, Celtic's financials yeah. were released so I think a lot of the, of days. the debate the wider debate has been kind of been two camps is saying a lot of people saying Roger should do better with what he has but other people are saying look the board isn't backing him got all this money he hasn't been backed in the transfer market you need to you know you need to invest to actually progress and and so on so it's interesting to have a look at as you said the numbers for the year ending um, the 30th of June this year so essentially 2017-18 season and how they compare to what the situation, what we, when when Dyla left, so there's a couple of things. So like in when Dyla left in 2016, Celtic made 52 million a year. Last year they made 101 million. So Celtic has pr- pretty much doubled their income over the last two years, which is predominantly down to Champions League football. There's a couple of the only real sales that have been in this pair will be Stuart Armstrong is, is in it. The money from 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 Virgil Van Dijk is is in there, but in essence, 
Celtic's income has doubled um, over the last two years. So, so where has that money gone? Well, in terms of wages, the wages on the, since Dyla left to now has gone up by 60%. <laughs> so Celtic pay $22 million more now a year on that's, wages. And you say, oh, that's a lot of money. But it's, it is. But also, if you look at what you kind of have to look at in terms of how much wages you have is how much wages do you pay out compared to how much income you get. So in the last season on the Dyla, the wages was 71% of all the income. And now they're only 58%. So while you're paying a lot more wages, you're not actually paying, you're paying less as a percentage of what the money you're getting. And that's all fine when you have Champions League football because you know it's probably worth 30 million. But if you have now have one season without the Champions League money, which it will have, you now have, and I kind of, I'm slightly speculating, but I think without Dembella being sold now, and if you say, you know, the income from, from Europe might be 25, 30 million less, at the end of this season, if you didn't sell Dembele, you would actually pay more in wages than you get in. Yeah. So, and Celtic does have 27 million in the bank, but they're going to be down a lot of income this season. So it's that kind of thing where everything kind of ticks around if you have Champions League football two out of three seasons. If you don't have Champions League season football in two seasons in a row, that wage budget needs to be slashed or you need to sell even more players. But that- so, so it, it kind of go, has Rodgers been backed? He has in, in wages in, in, in terms of net spend, but he's also given Celtic a lot more money. It's just when that money starts drying up when you don't get Champions League football... You, you know a couple of warning lights will, will definitely come in next year if you don't qualify but that's the thing though <laughs> to get Champions League football you need good players to get you through the qualifiers so you have to spend money to make money you have to speculate yeah. to accumulate so because I, you're not going to qualify one bad refereeing decision and then you spent all that money and you're not going to get anything in we, those we went, qualifiers we went, are a tightrope we, we went out of the Champions League with a whimper yeah. with an absolute whimper because but you'd won 10 straight rounds before that or something it's you know it's it will happen sooner or later. One day, thing, it does happen. But the thing is, that's that's two years of speculating to accumulate, and we've accumulated. And then the one season where we don't do anything then you uh, have in to, the summer, you basically have to spend what you've earned for the last two yeah. seasons. Have to keep it going, and yeah. then you have to get into the Champions League the next you, season. You need, your, your recruitment needs to be good as well, and it well, hasn't been. Well, well, that's the thing. Like I think you spent a lot of money, but have you spent it well? If you yeah. spend it well. That's a different discussion. Right, if we're making it, if we're right, see if we're going to speculate on who the highest earner at the club is, right? Okay, and this is going to bring us into people all salary. Yeah. It, it, it probably uh, Scott Sinclair. Yeah, yeah, right. Or, or I, I, Brendan Rodgers. Well, 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 in terms of players, yeah. Rodgers aside, um, in terms of players at Scott Sinclair, I mean, I've said it before. If you're paying that guy Premier, not it's not even Premier League wages we're paying him, but if you're paying that guy more money than anybody else at our club then he should be a match winner, a regular match winner for us. And yeah. it hasn't been for well over a year now. That's a problem. Yeah. What, how do you solve that problem, Chris? <coughs> sell him and buy somebody who can. Can you not but to sell him, you need somebody to buy him. I think, even, I think we'd see if he was available, I think Championship Cubs would come in for him. But even get his wages off. That would yeah. free up a lot of money. That's what I mean. I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's not about the fee. With, with, with Sinclair, it's about the outlay of... <laughs> Say he's on 32 grand, 35 grand, right? I, I've no idea what he's on, but these are some of the figures that have been bandied about. I heard 36 grand. Something like that. It's a lot of money for a club 
in our position. If you're paying him that, he needs to make the difference. He needs to be the guy that's going to make us go from being close to getting there in games. And that's not just the Champions League. Because, as you say, things can happen in the Champions League. One bad refereeing decision. But that's not what happened. That's not why we didn't qualify. We didn't qualify because we were really pedestrian and we defended poorly. But even domestically, when's the last time he made a difference? Now, he actually scored away in Athens yeah. and people said oh maybe he'll come back he's not really pushed on we've started to say he's looked okay he's not looked like a guy who should be the highest earner at the club no. not in the slightest that's a problem you pay I will say Premier League wages you pay Premier League wages for the guy you want Premier League performances and we're not getting it Louis do you see uh, any way that Scott Sinclair can turn it around Um not really. I, don't, I, I wouldn't say there's really any sign that it's going to happen. And, and at the same time, he's going to hinder the progression of other players. Morgan, um, the, like, the likes of Morgan, Mickey Johnson, Arzani. Uh, you know, a player. I, I, I don't under that. That really strikes me as odd. How can that boy play at the World Cup and yet he can't play in a, a SPFL game? The Ar- Arzani one is is really really quite bizarre. Um, when he came in. Uh, you know, he signs a two-year deal with Man City. Um, sorry, not a four-year deal with Man City or a four- or five-year deal. We've gone for two years and the way Rodgers is talking, it's as if we're not going to see him to next season. That's how it seems to be coming across. Um, and and, and Rodgers yeah. really can't do this because he's already massively messed up with Masonda. I mean, he, he, he's not doing his reputation for developing, developing Premier League young talent. Any that, good. That, that's why we didn't pa- get Paddy, Paddy Roberts and Masonda last season. That's why waste. we. Did, that's why we didn't get. Was it Kent? We went for the, the guy who's at Rangers now. Um, <laughs> not, not, not. He might, might, might very be, might very well be Pish. Looks but okay to be fair. We, we, we approached Liverpool and Liverpool again. I, I'm not, I can't say this for, for fact, but apparently Liverpool were like, well, we want someone who's going to develop and play. And I, I, I admire, like Brendan Rodgers, the fact that Brendan Rodgers is saying, look, we can't guarantee anyone's going to play, that's absolutely the way it should be. However, if you're going to get a player that maybe you couldn't get at any other stage because this is them in their developmental phase, I think you have to say, well, we're going to play them for a bit. <laughs> Do you know but what I mean? They, they, that, no, they, they, there's two things. One, you would only agree to that if you thought they're going to improve the first team. Yeah. Right? Like Patrick Roberts. Like, like Roberts did. Denier, when we got him in on loan, was the same. Right, you're not going to do that if they're going to be a hindrance to the team. So I suppose you could guarantee that if you were supremely confident that they were going to make a, you know, they were going to come in and play. But how many players are you you're going to be able to get in loan are going to do that? Why have we brought in Arzani if we're not if, for, for, on a two year loan deal if he's not even going to play? Even, even well, then the he, question is: Is it Rogers' choice? Do, do you think Rogers? It, does, it doesn't sound like it's Rogers' I mean, choice. The, the whole recruitment profile seems to be a bit all over the place. Yeah, because you have young, <laughs> predominantly French talent that's coming: <coughs> Dembele, Edward, Cham. And you, you, I get that kind of profile because they're up and coming. They're coming to Celtic. They're going to be Celtic players. Or at least eventually, they become Celtic players. But then you get, then you have the Scottish side saying, "Look, okay, we're going to try the best. Try and buy the best Scottish player." Um, and then it's slightly, "Oh, we'll get a random old one in." And then it's some city loanees. <laughs> There doesn't seem to be any. I, 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 we don't know behind the scenes what's happening, but it doesn't. Celtic doesn't seem to be in the market for, say, 
that level of league that's below the top five in Europe, but say you're Belgium, you're Austria, you're Switzerland, maybe in some of the Balkans and and but the, we like, for- the, the, like players in that's 22, 23, 24, 25 in Scandinavia and like the, almost the best players in their positions in those league, you don't really see those kind of purchases. I guess you can see but, Swichenko but, was maybe one. But, we but went, the, 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 the transfer recruitment profile seems really scattergun. But, but do, do you know like the thing? Different people the, are making the decisions. The, yeah. the thing is, so see this, this idea of every season we're going to bring in a young, a, a, a youth player from a top Premier League club, <clears throat> bring him in on a, an extended loan, loan deal. That's clearly a, a tactic that's going to happen. But it's always the same type of player. From it's the same always, clubs. Aye, it's from the same clubs, but it's always yeah. an attacking, creative player. As if we're saying we can't go and buy an attacking, creating player of similar quality or, or anywhere near it. So we rely on our crea- creativity and our, our flair players being very young, but with bags of potential. And I don't think, that, that, I don't think that's great. No. So the, the only players that we're going to buy are going to be you know, your more workman-like players are, are players, you know, fucking midfielders. Running midfielders. Well, we can buy them because they're they're cheaper don't have any running midfielders. They're, they're, they're cheaper in the market. No, but... I know, I know what you're saying, though. I know, you know what you're saying. But see, the thing is, with Benkovic, for example, we were really interested in Benkovic, um, which is that kind of league that you're talking about. Uh, we showed an interest. Um, we inquired. But then Leicester just came in and go, oh, this guy might be good. We'll take him. Right. I mean, that is kind of what we're fighting but, against. But I don't think they did just come in. We've been linked with them for quite a while. I mean, if we want, yeah, but they to snap, make them, they snap their fingers and they can put two million quid extra. I know, in it, case I, know he's good. I know it's nothing to them, but surely we should be able to identify. Oh yeah, if so we're identifying clo- players, yeah. we have to make a judgment on them earlier. We're not closing deals. I, we're probably not closing yeah. deals. Take the, take the take the gamble when you see it at a younger age. If it pays off, it, it pays off. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But if you leave it too long, someone will just snap, come and snap. I, I mean, we're talking about how much money Celtic should spend and they can spend. And I think overall. <laughs> The pot, the money. Even if you budget for Champions League twelve three seasons, the money available, you can do a lot with that. But you have to be really smart in every single department, from player recruitment to development to scouting, everything. And I don't think Celtic is doing all those things well enough. Whose fault is that? Well, you can take a speculation. It's that guy. We just don't know. To me, it just doesn't seem coherent enough. In terms of, there seem to be, as I said, very scattergun in, in who you bring in, when you bring them in. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's you know, maybe, need- maybe it's a reasonable solution. Saying just the market is really hard. What Celtics trying to do is really hard, or it's just people not doing their job. Same way they're doing their job. Do you know what I think? I think that the the problem overall with a club is they don't know what to do. They've had as much success as they can possibly. Get reach. They've qualified for the Champions League two years in a row. They've won back to back trebles two years in a row. So they've had as much domestic success as possible and they've probably reached a limit in the Champions League. So they're now in a situation where what do we do? Where, where are we reaching? And I don't think they can agree what's next. Do we move the club? They're doing everything off the pitch. And and they're they're making Celtic Park and the surrounding and the business side of it as good as they can. But in terms of the the aspirations of the football team, I think the people at the top they don't know what to do now. Um, do you think we need a director of football? Would that help some of these? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, but it is this 
I, I think Celtic's ideal model, I've probably talked about this before, is, is something like, well, the two Red Bulls clubs and Porto, where they have a big specific structure in place and there's a machinery and you know people try to do certain things better than other clubs because they need to. Whereas you kind of not made a deal with the devil, but you've kind of, as, as Louis said before, you're given Brendan Rodgers all conquering powers. Just now he's pretty much in charge of everything because that's how he wanted. And you can't say it's not working. It's working for him. It's working now. Well, <laughs> maybe not the last few months, but I mean, you see what giving Rodgers free reign has, has given Celtic as a huge boost overall. But when Rodgers when Rogers do go, what's in place? Because unless you've actually built up structures and, and processes and all that corporate work in terms of doing stuff as a club properly, what are you going to do? Are you going to bring in like a Neil Lennon or Steve yeah. Clark and just do like the, they should have hopefully, that? Hopefully, something in the background is being done to plan yeah. for when he goes. And I think that's Brett, just and, you know we have an actual article in, in, on the website about this from um, Graham McKay where. He said Brendan Rogers' replacement should be a sporting director or a model. And the next manager can't be a Rogers kind of manager. There needs to be a it's model. like a first-team coach. But uh, I, th- I think there's, there's three ways you can go. There's three models that, that we can go to. And I think we've almost been a victim of our own success in that way. That when, when we were at our kind of lowest point previously, Dyla was a failed experiment. And we got Rogers in. Sorry, we, what? He was. He, <laughs> he, he was a <laughs> That's how he was I, I born think, in a Norwegian I, lab. I think you mean trailblazer. I think that's the word you were looking that's for. That's that Dundee United game was brilliant. But he anyway, had to come in um, and clear the path for Rogers. Um, what Chris Cummins out? Anyway, <laughs> this guy. Um, so I, I, I think we got Rogers in. It finally, done what the fans wanted. Paid the money for a top manager see what happens and he's brought so much success that now we don't know what to do and I think you either we have to make a decision what we want to be are we going to go back to being the Celtic of old where you know we're going to have good seasons we're going to have bad seasons we're going to finish first we're going to finish second all that sort of thing or do we become Ajax do we say right this is our club this is our philosophy we're bringing through our youth players Anybody who comes in has to fit into our vision as a club and it's all the club's vision drives everything that they do. Yeah. Or do you go to being Porto and then you go, right, we want to buy well, buy small, sell big, progress, progress and try and see where it can go and, and keep going with it. Because it looks like that's what we did want, but now I think they're too scared to continue with it. Right, can't do that model because see the amount of debt that the Portuguese clubs carry, it's ridiculous actually. I don't think that that, that model's been lauded as being successful, but if you actually look at their balance sheet, it's brutal. And there's no guarantee. They've got access to a South American market that we that don't, we don't yeah. for a start. The Ajax model would work fine if you didn't have a situation like we do with Rangers because Ajax can go a few seasons without and PSV. Yes, and you, you know, there's an understanding that they might win, but as long as they're building, that, that's not going to. Are they going to bed in six or seven youngsters in a season where they know that they might want win the league? 
that's not going to happen. Like what happened when we played three at the weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're in a position now whereby our options are quite limited in Scotland. We're maybe trying to do a bit of all of them. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Mismatch. Bringing mismatch. in Dembele, bringing in Cham, sell them on in a few seasons. Bringing in Comper. Bringing in oh, <laughs> Comper. Um, Blood and some of the youngsters. Um, you know, we've had Mikey Johnston. We've, we, we, we had... Uh, Christy seems to be getting a bit of a chance, even Christy, though he's not a youngster. Would you be calling him? Uh, we had Aitchison and stuff like that. So I, I, I think we're in a position where we're trying to mesh them all together. And it's it, it's difficult to get a cohesive direction, you know? Yeah. We need, to, we need to finish up here, lads. Just your final points. I think Celtic. I mean, <coughs> the noises that that's coming out about the Celtic Academy is quite promising in in terms of they're trying to bring in a culture, and you know, players are coming up and and knocking on 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 the door for for places. And I think, and if that's Brendan Rodgers that's driving that throughout the club, um, great. But you know, I, I think the the club just needs to be prepared for when he goes. And it is kind of like Samarani said that you'll always have ranges, but just now you have the 10 in a row as well. And in a way, that that could be like a paralyzing thing, whereas you kind of go, oh, we don't want to rock the boat too much. We don't want to do these things yet because we just want to get over the line and, and then, then we, can we, we can do that. But clear. it could be too late. This might just be the opportunity to do that. And I, and I think it is a really hard balance with Celtic trying to think about the long term and the short term at the same time and trying to balance those two priorities. Just just on the the youth team in the academy, the reserve team got beat three one off by uh, Hamilton. Morton, I think. Morton's on it, yeah. Morton. yeah. Um so which which had um Benu, Benu scored. Elzani played, yeah. Um, listen, we're, we're at our kind of time. We, we've with a lot of tweets, but we've not actually been able to kind of answer everyone's I'm not tweets. Gonna fit that one. I'm going to fit one in. Uh, this is from Stephen Hughes, um, and this is for Sir Manny. This is just looking looking ahead to the Wednesday game against St Johnston to get the game against tomorrow. We'll just have a quick kind of uh, prediction, etc. Evening, gents. Who are the players who are going to step up and turn this mess around? He didn't say mess. I put mess in because I thought it sounded better. He has four hands. His name is Tam. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Uh, Chris. Lewis Morgan. You think so? Something about Just him. a wee feeling. Yeah, I I'm mean, the same. The idea that the, 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 the fact that we're in a position where we're looking for a, not an untried, but a relatively inexperienced player to come in and do that. Uh, it's quite bad but I think this could be the making I'll be feeling that he might if Rogers doesn't stop switching on wings um, yeah. then I think we could uh, he could make an impact Well yourself so, Tam just Tambola Tamberino the Tambainster General Tamington Steel um, <coughs> yeah um, although I do, I do think I do think uh, I, I think Mickey Johnson is going to his name's Mickey Johnson and he's not a boxer from the from 1930s for fuck's sake yeah. well, Mickey Johnson he's a kid that's going to go far <laughs> right MJ then but MJ's good I, I like MJ, MJ. right um, cut up <coughs> sorry I, I think at the, I think at the end of the season we're going to we're going to he finished sorry I think at the end of the season um, we're going to look back and um, he's going to be the one of the the biggest shining lights of the season. I honestly, honestly think he's going to make a, a big impact over the piece. Let's hope so. Um, yeah. Agreed. Christian, yourself, you're writing stuff down. What you're writing? Uh, just things to remember from when we wrap up. All, okay. the, t- all the content that's coming. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I, I like the Morgan idea. Um, I don't know. I feel that um, from a Wednesday perspective of taking on St. Johnson, uh, I think Cal McGregor, I think. Cal McGregor, I think, you know, he, he 
Aye, he's going to do oh, something. Come on, Salmani's shaking his head like Callum McGregor. <coughs> Callum McGregor. I mean, I'm not saying Callum McGregor's a bad player. Callum McGregor is not the guy who's going to galvanise the side. He's not. He's not. Okay. Um, I mean, kind of like with this podcast, I think we just you're going to need a Norwegian to step up a bit. And uh, is he back? He's back in training. Good, yeah. good. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so that's the po- c- terrific stuff. Uh, c- c- Christian, do you want to do your, your thing? Well, we've got so much content coming up. So we're obviously great- we're at the press conference with, with Marcus uh, today. We're going to try and put some, some audio out uh, from that. So come on, Keith, get on that. It's on it. It's out already. It's out already? Yeah, it's oh, out already. Fair play, Keith. Um, <laughs> Works hard, that so boy. So boy. <laughs> Um, keeping keen uh, we have a match Michael preview of the podcast. <laughs> uh, tomorrow lunchtime we'll have a match preview of St Johnston I'm going to do the minute by minute on Twitter of the game tomorrow my debut <laughs> you ever watched so, that game and, and, and I'm, so and I'm breaking just, it it will be just as boring as the performance <laughs> of the match it's just going to be financial numbers um, and stats ooh, ooh. XG <laughs> definitely a 0.45 um, on Friday We'll I'll, we'll meet for lunch. We'll do yes. a video. Yes, to our live faces you, on Friday. Do you have lunch as well? No, it's or not really any time anymore. I sometimes do. You yeah. Usually have a coffee. I need usually. to be back. Yeah. Um, Friday we'll have another match preview, and on Saturday we'll have minute by minute of Celtic Aberdeen. So you know there'll be a podcast out on Friday night as well. A podcast as well on Friday night, covering <sighs> everything. Hard working. If you could leave a review or a rate oh, yes. on uh, iTunes, oh here they go. No, 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 no. no, no that's on. your job. That's your job. No, ah, you're doing it. Go on, t- tell them what they need to do. Just leave a five star rating <laughs> and um, just tell. A five star I mean, you spent us. an hour now listening to us, so you can you can spend yeah. another minute. To yeah, put a you can't actually do it. You're just being lazy if you're not. That, if, Stop right. listening if you're if you're not going to give us a five star. It's review. free. Do it it's for the me. Least you can do, do it for me. Yeah. Just leave a comment about me. Do it. Do it for uh, Stephen Thompson, circa two thousand and six. Uh, yeah. Um, also, if you've got, if you want us to be on any, if you can't get us on your podcast app, just tweet at ninety minute cynic with a suggestion of a podcast app, and we'll we'll get us on, ourselves on there. Louis McCaffrey, it's been an absolute pleasure. Have you got stuff off your chest? Was it cathartic? Uh, aye. Aye, no bad. I right? enjoyed it. I mean, we're still fucked, but aye. Aye, good stuff. Chris Armani, terrific as always. He's wearing his hippity hoppy Adidas. You know, I love uh, Flash and Jam. I'm sure there's a rap band called Flash. Is there a Flash band? <laughs> Flash and Jam. I don't know, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you as always, Chris Armani. Thank you. Are we, we going to do a music and film podcast? Is that coming? It's coming. It's coming. Plan. It's coming. It's I, I felt if it's good. I don't think we got to enough questions. No, we but don't, we but we can do another... Why don't you sit and answer them all on Twitter? I yeah. will. That's a good one. Uh, game tomorrow. Christian, Christian Wolf, thank you very much. also like the new surroundings. I'm Chris Gallagher. <laughs> We're the 90 Minute Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road. Well, they encourage your complete cooperation. Send your roses when they think you need to smile. I can't control myself because I don't know how When they love me for it, honestly, I'll be here for a while So give them blood, blood, gallons of the stuff Give them all that they can drink and it will never be enough So give them blood, blood, blood Grab a glass because there's going to be a flood A celebrated man amongst the gurneys They can fix me proper with a bit of luck 
the doctors and the nurses, they adore me so, but it's really quite alarming, cause I'm such an awful fuck, I gave you blood, blood, gallons of the stuff I gave you all that you can drink, and it has never been enough, I gave you blood, blood.